Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Gully. And Nate, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, you know, uh, I scrubbed out tonight in Legacy. I don't really want to talk about that too much, but uh, you had a pretty interesting tournament. Yeah, I actually had a pretty good uh, weekly on Tuesday. Uh, I played what I guess what you would call like Ramanop Excavator Stompy, though I only have two of the excavators by the time I finish building my deck. Um, there's a lot of one-ofs in this deck, uh, so we'll just post it in the show notes. Um, but it was cool. It's, it's basically like a green-black deck with, you know, a lot of fast mana, um, and sort of the lock pieces. I had, uh, four Chalice and, uh, three Thorn of Amethyst. Mm -hmm. And then just a, then a bunch of creatures, Wastelands, Ghost Quarters, um, the key creatures are ramen up Excavator, so you can get a Waste Lock going. Yeah. Um, Tireless Tracker, which has a nice synergy with uh, bringing back lands every turn. Um, there's, there's a few life gain creatures in there. Uh, Kitchen Finks, Obelisk, Obstinate Bailoth, and uh, Thragtusk, because you eat your life total kind of a lot with Ancient Tomb. Yeah. Uh, so, one of those. Um, and uh, I have a Reclama Reclamation Sage, um, a... Titania, Protector of Argoth, has a nice big finisher, also has oh, some sweet. land, Graveyard Synergy, yeah. Um, a couple of Phyrexian Revokers, uh, and a couple of Smuggler's Copters, which my idea of the Copter was that a lot of my creatures are ground creatures, it gets over the top. Actually, one of the nice things is with the two Smuggler's Copters, plus two Green Sun Zenith, plus two Sylvan Library, mm -hmm. um, unlike a lot of Stompy decks, you get a lot of card selection. Um, so that was pretty much the deck. Uh, and you know you can sort of just sort of guess what it is. It's play lock piece, you know, and then like got, try and get some beater down. Um, I wasn't quite confident in it, if that makes sense. I ended up playing two collective brutalities in the deck mm -hmm. um, and a couple dismember in the board. I felt like I was gonna have a lot of trouble dealing with uh, anything that resolves. Yeah. Um, and I also played Ratchet Bomb actually in the main deck. I was looking for something I could hit. Um, immediately off an ancient tomb. Um, but I actually, you know, I, I would say I ran pretty well and, um, the deck would, the deck sort of performed better than expected. So in fact, um, I'll, we'll put these video codes if we can. I, I got a little bit of camera time. I played in round one against storm. I saw unfortunately, that. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for him, Rude. yeah, it was turn one, uh, chalice one, chalice zero, you know, known storm player. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then eventually got a thorn, and that was just not fun at all. And then in game two, it was I had a turn one thorn that slowed him down, and then eventually was able to get a chalice on one to sort of mop up uh, 
But I mean, Smuggler's Copter really is is interesting, especially when you have Dryad Arbor to like fetch with like a fetch land. Mm-hmm. So like you get a Smuggler's Copter down, and then like a fetch land turns it on, which is really nice. Um, the card selection is great. That was my actual main beater to just sort of filter through my deck and find the stuff I needed. Um, so that was round one. Round two was not on camera. I played against Grixis Delver. Um, a, I think, I don't remember who won the die roll, but I had turn one Chalice, and he never played a second land um, because he was, like, depending on a bunch of cantrips mm-hmm. in the first game. But, of course, I, like, flooded it out really bad on lock pieces. So I think I had, like, two Chalices and a Thorn out, and, like, I was getting him with a Dryad Arbor because that's, like, the only thing I could find to attack with. Um, until eventually I found, like, a Phyrexian Revoker. And he kept running stuff into my chalices and then, like, hoping to draw an Underground Sea and ruin my day with a Gurman Gangler, but it never got to that point. I was able to sort of clean it up with the Phyrexian Revoker. In game two, uh, he played a Delver on turn one and flipped it, and, you know, I was down to two. (laughs) Uh, I was able to sort of get my lock pieces deployed, and, you know, go after his lands and not let him really do anything else. But, you know, I was taking three every turn. So I took six hits off this thing. Oh, Luckily, man. I didn't have to play Ancient Tomb, right? Yeah. I mean, I got pretty lucky there. I eventually was able to kill it with a Ratchet Bomb and then play an Obstinate Bailoth, which got me up to six, which was some breathing room. Uh, I had a Chalice on once, I didn't have to worry about Bolt. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really interesting just how, like, getting, like, one creature down can get very close to ruining your day. And if I had you had to use uh, Ancient Tomb, I would have just died. Um, yeah, geez. Luckily, that's not how it worked out. So that's why I said a little bit lucky there. I mean, that could have gone worse. Um, round three was on camera against the new Miracles deck. So in game one, I got a Chalice on one, and I, I think I had another Chalice, either another Chalice on one or... Uh, I put it on two to stop Snapcaster Mage. Um, he just kind of, but like, I wasn't able to close out the game fast enough, and he just made some land drops and then, like, made Miracle Entreat for, like, six angels. Yeah, that's, that's enough. That'll <laughs> so, do it. Yeah, that, that did it. Uh, in game two, though, it was nice. I was on the play with a chalice that he had to force. Then he had a Tundra, which I wasted. He didn't have a second land drop. And I got a Phyrexian Revoker down on Jace and was able to sort of go from there. Actually, in that game, I had uh, he was at 11, and then I had a turn where I um, played Titania, brought back a Wasteland, wasted another Taiga he'd had, um, and you know he wasn't able to do anything. And then I, all of a sudden, I had 12 power between the Titania, the token, and the. Uh, Frexy Revoker, so that was nice. And then in game three, he multi three. So you know, yeah, you'll get you'll get him every time on that. Multi three, scoop to a wasteland. So yeah, yeah. Um, good player, and just you know, bad luck in that situation. Uh, round four though was against lands, and it's just not a very good matchup. Um, they're kind of trying to do the same thing, but they have uh, like dark depths. <laughs> yeah, which uh, was was in game one. Like I just couldn't beat a Merit Lage on turn four or five. Um, in game two, I just, I had an, like an opportunity and this is on camera where I like, I had a fa- I had fairy macabre the way a loam and something else early. And then I played an eternal witness and I had the choice of getting back fairy macabre wasteland. And I got back the wasteland because I kind of like, he didn't have a loam in the graveyard. 
to nab with Fairy Macabre. Yeah. So he was going to, like, and he didn't have any lands that I really cared about in the graveyard. So I was like, really what I'm dead to here is if he has Merit Lage. Like, I need to, like, have something to do to interrupt his Merit Lage. Yeah. You know, combo. Um, so I got back the Wasteland and just kind of held it up. But he just played a tireless tracker, and his tireless tracker plus his exploration plus life from the loam. Yeah, that'll do it. Got way bigger than anything I could do. I actually had to discard a tireless tracker to smuggler's copter Jeez. because I needed something else. Um, so yeah, that just killed me. Um, I have, oh, I had a chalice on two at one point, which is good against them. But he cross and gripped it, <laughs> and then uh, was able to make like a stupidly large tireless tracker. So I went three and one, and the deck kind of did what I expected to do. I will say that I don't really think the black splash is great. Um, it just kind of makes you play Bayou and opens you up to like wasteland. Yeah. I think I'm just going to play like spatial contortion as removal, which is a colorless spell. Yeah. Um, that seems fine. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that gets rid of most of the things that you want to kill in this format. Yeah. I mean, I really need to kill like a turn one Delver, turn one death, right? Um, I can still play dismember to hit Gurmag Angler, even if I do that. Or I can think of something else. Um, but I just didn't think, like, the bayous were really what I wanted. I'd rather just play, like, well, you know, Ghost Quarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it works. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, Collective Brutality is a good card, and it wasn't the worst. But it's just, the like, when you play against another Wasteland deck, or you're resolving a fetch land, and you're trying to figure out, like, do I get the bayou now in case I draw the black card? Yeah. Or... Or do I uh, just get a forest and, and play around Wasteland? It's it's tough because you might not see another way to get a Bayou for a while yeah. when you're just you know, kind of playing off the top of your deck. So um, I'm going to work around with it. I, I thought it was good. I thought Smuggler's Copter was great. Excavator is just like kill on sight. That's exactly what you want from that card. Um, and really just the uh, typical lock pieces just, do, just go a long way for you. Cool. So. Yeah. Well, um, from there, we actually have a new set. Yeah, well, sort right? of. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, sort of. So, I didn't know it was going to be done today. We didn't know if we were going to get to review it this week. But, but uh, well, I guess in the good and bad news, we're able to, right? Yeah. I mean, so we've got a commander set with 56 new cards that will be legacy legal and not legal in other formats. Um, and we're going to just go through one of our normal set reviews. I'll read the card, and Zach, you'll get the first crack at reviewing it. Mm-hmm. Ready for this guy? Go for it. So we've got the Alms Collector. First card alphabetically. Three and a white for a creature cat cleric with flash. It is a 3-4. If an opponent would draw two or more cards, instead you and that opponent, each and that player, each draw a card. So, it's like this a is really kind of a expensive hate bear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they did this that at this mana cost, right? Because usually this would be like a 2-1 for 2. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't get bolted, which is a thing. You know, like, having flash means that this can, uh, it can surprise block some stuff. And that's not irrelevant, you know? Like, this makes Nimble Mongoose even worse. <laughs> um, well, no, when you have four mana against any Nimble Mongoose deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this this card's fine. It's it's obviously, like, not 
where you want to be if you're playing Death and Taxes. But it, it has implications, I suppose. Uh, I'm just not sure how. You know, I, I don't think yeah. that this card makes it into into any current builds we're looking at. Yeah, not even like the white Stompy decks. I mean, maybe if it was a different kind of hate on the draw, it could have been. Yeah. But like, drawing two or more cards literally hits Brainstorm, Jace, and Predict, and then like Faithless Looting. But if a Faithless Looting is resolving, four mana isn't going to do anything yeah. for you. And don't you, don't you really just want like the Spirit of the Labyrinth over this card for, for like, you know, you can even flash it in with a Vial, so it's like the flash is irrelevant here. I, I totally agree. I think this card's interesting. It's an interesting effect, like, that you get to draw a card and you knock them down, like, you know, some amount of cards, right? Yeah. Because with Brainstorm, they would draw a card and put one back, or put two back, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you deck them, they have to draw a card and discard two, which, you know, is going down one for them. But then you got, like, this weird deck... Deck you've got like yeah, you've got like a American deck Faden Alms Collector deck, yeah. Yeah, um, I just you know, unfortunately, not gonna do anything. But three, four, hate bear, maybe at some point. Yeah. Teferi's protection, two and a white instant. Until your next turn, your life total can't change, and you have protection from everything. All permanents you control phase out. Exile to Fairy's Protection. So there's a lot to unpack here. Phasing is a thing. And they so changed the rules read... on phasing. Did you know this? No. What is? How does so this work the, now? To, like, so the token rule, the tokens <laughs> will phase out and come back in. It seemed, from, from what I understand, I was talking to someone today about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that really... I mean, they're they're updating phasing because they have a phasing card coming out. Is that just the deal? Yeah, <laughs> you know? pretty much. Yeah, like oh, it's a good time to update it. I don't think this actually matters. Like, what what would why would you play this card? Like, well, what's uh, the what's the because uh, reason to play you this card? are a white deck that wants a hate card against, uh, what's it called? Um, Storm, I guess. It's the only way. I, the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I mean, this is a fluster storm is... in white. Against against the storm deck. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I mean, come on, right? And white like isn't almost anything else that white does better. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like Dahlia, Dahlia is is just better, right? Like either sworn canonist. I can't think uh, of a time when any of this is okay, unless it's like some card. It's like you know some effect that is in play is giving you a bonus when the ship phases back in. I really. Just I did do a. <laughs> I did do a search. Nothing like that exists. Yeah, nothing. I yeah. think that. So what happened here was that they. This was going to be like exile everything, then return it. Yeah, and then and they, they were, were like, worried oh God, that you can't do. You that. don't lose the game, and then all you get, you get all your EDBs back, is uh, pretty <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be that would be. I mean, this is like okay against sneak attack Emrakul, but yeah. you know. I guess, what do you want there? Fucking, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Blessed Alliance or something, because it's just coming back anyway. Yeah. I don't know. This is an interesting... I think that it's just funny how they were like, no, we can't do that 
Exile Return. We got to do phasing, so let's put Teferi in the name of this card, which yeah. I think is exactly how it happened. Yeah, for sure. Um, I forgot to put this on our list, but I want to. I think this card is interesting because it's got a funny word on it. Stalking Leonin, two and a white for a creature cat archer, a three three. When Stalking Leonin enters the battlefield, secretly choose an opponent. Reveal the player you chose. That's the cost. So it's reveal the player you chose, colon, exile target creature that's attacking you if it's controlled by the chosen player. Activate this ability only once. Only once ever? Only once ever, yeah. It's so weird. I mean, otherwise it would be so fucking busted, but like... <laughs> Uh, secretly? Just secretly, yeah. <laughs> well, I love this. Passes my. No, sorry. Go ahead. I love the the secretly part of this. It's just like you're only playing one person in in your average legacy tournament at a time. You know? Like... Do you imagine? I oh shoot! I secretly chose someone else. Because yeah. <laughs> you gotta like write it down or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, I accidentally chose my last opponent. Well. This passes my kills merit lage test, so yeah, that's that's the thing I want to say about it. But it's there; it's it's a thing that stops merit lage. There's not a, there's no shortage of those in white, but it doesn't have to happen at the time. It's a three three. This is a two and a white, so it like is can go in some sort of ancient tomb deck. Your opponent doesn't. I don't know. Uh, gain twenty life when you do this. Yeah, right. Uh, doesn't exile target creature. Oh, this does get hit by not of this world. Um. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, against show and tell, like you could show and tell this in, but, you know, you get attacked by Emrakul, exile it, but you already sacrificed six things or whatever. So, because yeah. um, you have to do it in response to the Annihilator trigger, which is fine, but I don't know. It's there. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that it does. Um, what else do we have on here? So now we're in blue. Oh, here we go. Magus of the Mind. I like Four this blue, card. blue. Creature, human, wizard. It's a 4-5. Blue, tap, sacrifice, Magus of the Mind. Shuffle your library, then exile the top X cards, where X is 1 plus the number of spells cast this turn. Until end of turn, you may play cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. Here's the flavor, flavor text. I'll show you what you truly desire. Well, they got hey, us. Excellent. <laughs> Finally, Magus of the Mind. Um, um, yeah, this card's cool i don't think i would ever cast it but i think tim came up with a corner case where like you it's it's like a card that you're playing in a reanimator deck um yeah i maybe i don't know if i saw that but like yeah i mean i just don't first of all none of the maguses really do anything so i don't think we're gonna start with the six mana one though you can reanimate it i mean that is a real thing you could do um which would you know bring down the cost a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but you could just reanimate Consecrated Sphinx, and I think that's probably effectively the same, because you just draw two cards. You just have to untap with it. So you gotta just have two cards in your hand, which, you know, how many cards you have in your hand, like, just how many spells you have to cast, and then you could still attack with the Consecrated Sphinx. I don't yeah, know. I just how many that's better. spells do you have to cast to hit a guy that makes sacrificing this worth it, right? Right. Because, like, you just yeah. reanimated a six-mana six guy, so you're at, like, 14 at least, right? 
Yeah, I don't think this is a good storm engine because you're using so many cards to get into play. Yeah. Like I just feel like Children of Coralis with Grizzlebrand, if you're doing that if you're doing reanimation storm is just better. Yeah. Well, I also think Hazaret's Undying Fury is just a better new mind's desire. Like you know, that you do that that it happens that turn, you know? Like that's yeah. this is I don't know. Maybe I saw this and I was reminded how desperately I want a Magus of the channel and we're getting ever closer. You know, we had Vegas of the Wheel, and I'm like, okay, well, that's sort of busted. Vegas of the Will, like, all right, now we're really getting there. Vegas of the Mind, yes! So maybe we're up to Vegas of the Channel next time. I want Vegas of the Necropotence. Yeah, right? That's Crystal Brand. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, but there you go, everybody. We got Mind's Desire back. Again, when we got Mind's Desire back two months ago, too, but we also got it back again just now. Um, Keru Mind Eater. Two and a black for a 1-3 creature vampire with menace. Whenever Keru Mind Eater deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles a card from his or her hand face down. You may look at and play cards exiled with Keru Mind Eater. Um, this is interesting because, like, it's a hypnotic specter effect. And if they try and feed you lands, you just get more lands. Yeah, and then you can start casting their spells. Yeah, or if you're just in, if they're in black or something, like, you just get free spells. I mean, again, this is corner case, like, yeah. you know, Chalice deck stuff. This but. is, like, Pox level. You might be able to, like, rent this out on turn one. Yeah, and the next turn to start going after their hand. Yeah. I mean, it's Bolt yeah. Bait, which is sort of a problem. If it was a 1-4, maybe... Yeah, oh, I'm no argument here. This isn't a very high-powered set, so yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna probably not gonna say many of these are great. Um, let's see, Curse of Opulence, one red mana, enchantment or a curse. Enchant player. Whenever enchanted player is attacked, create a colorless artifact token named Gold. It has sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Each opponent attacking that player does the same. Uh, that doesn't matter in Legacy. But basically anyone who attacks gets a Lotus Petal thing. Yeah. So, so if you yeah, sorry, attack, you get it. If you're being attacked, you get it? No, because it's, it's, it's only the player who's being enchanted. Okay. It's a curse. It's the curse of opulence. Each opponent attacking that player does the same. Doesn't? I, I, maybe I'm reading this wrong. Uh, you, you, so you enchant yourself, let's say, and then oh, you could enchant yourself, and then but you your have to enchant. Opponent attacks you, right? And then you get a lotus petal, and he gets a lotus petal. No, 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 no. The the player doesn't create the token; the attacker does. So you 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 enchant your opponent, and then when you attack them, you get a lotus petal. Okay. All right. So I thought you got at first. I thought you got one for every attack. And I was like, well, geez, you just empty the Warrens, and next turn play this, and then finish them <laughs> off. Storm off again. Yeah. <laughs> you finish them like, I was like, no, you just get, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, you get one. Um, you know, Bomat, you remember that Bomat Courier? Yeah. This is like a Bomat Courier to me. It's like, it's like a playable engine card for those, like, weird red, like, for red decks. Like, where, if you play this, like, you play this on turn one, and if your opponent, like, untaps because they didn't have a uh, coronary upon seeing this at the table 
um, and then passes back the turn. You can do like Monastery Swift Spear, trigger this, sacrifice a thing, bolt you, trigger Monastery Swift Spear, bolt you again, trigger Monastery Swift, Swift Spear, suddenly you've done nine. You know, you're, it's ramp. You know, it's just like straight up ramp. Who um, is this guy, by so, the way, on the curses? This <laughs> is like the same guy. Is he someone we know? He looks like one of the hipsters of the coast. Yeah, he definitely looks like someone that used to write for the website who's really good at draft. But I don't think you want to do this in your blue-red deck. You're, you're just not even listening because it's a stupid idea. No, no, no. <laughs> I would not do this in my blue-red deck. I um, mean, yeah, it's shitty ramp, but you could have just played the thing on turn one anyway. I don't know. Um, there might be... It's a weird engine card. It's one mana. You know, someone will do something with it. Um, is that Chemister? Is that the next one? Yes. Yeah. Two and a red creature goblin wizard one three. Haste. <laughs> we could you can you can attack with your one three for three nice. when it comes into play. Uh red tap. Exile target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. <laughs> Just reading this and thinking about Death Rage Shaman, sorry. <laughs> one red tap. Sacrifice is that chem chemistry. Cast any number of cards exiled with is that chemistry without paying their mana costs. Wow, this card's terrible. <laughs> You don't really want a Faithless Looting, uh, like that Time Walk, and then exile it, and the next turn exile this thing oh, and cast God. it. <laughs> it's just like, come on, there's got to be a better way. Like this tap, like exile a card, watch your opponent bolt your guy, and you're like, well, that was a waste of four mana. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, yeah, all right. Never mind, everybody. That's bad radio. Oh, I guess Shifting. I'll just play this in Blue Red Delver. I'll just exile this daze. Go. <laughs> You're right. I'll exile this you bolt. Go. This to get a daze. Yeah. This is like the worst. <laughs> well, it combos with your um, it combos with your curse of opulence because you'll have the extra. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Shifting shadow two and a red enchantment aura enchant creature. Enchanted creature has haste and. At the beginning of your upkeep, destroy this creature. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield. Attach Shifting Shadow to it. Then put all other cards revealed this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. I don't hate this. I think this, no. is, a f I mean, this is a very interesting card that like, like a werewolf's deck might want to play. Enchanted creature has haste, and at the beginning of your upkeep, destroy this creature. So you put it on something... You put it on Magus of the Moon after you've already got a Blood Moon out, and you get something better. Yeah, like another Magus of the Moon? Probably. Or maybe like a <laughs> Hanwar or whatever. Yeah, but then you just then you lose that the next turn. It's like a birthing pod, like a <laughs> shitty birthing pod. Or, you know, like you play a one of Emrakul and just smash people. Well, you know, it was too bad. I, I, I'm reading this now, and it's like you only get the polymorph if you if you do this trigger. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just happen if it dies. So you can't even like put it on like an Eldrazi Scion and then sacrifice a Scion and get a oh, removal yeah. and then attack. So yeah, um, I don't know. Red polymorph, weird effect. It's a typical commander card. <laughs> yeah, typical commander card indeed. 
All right, well, we're into green now. Curse of Bounty, one and a green. Enchantment or a curse. Uh, enchant player. Whenever enchanted player is attacked, untap all non-land permanents you control. So you attack, you enchant your opponent, you attack them, and then you untap all non-land permanents you control. Then you mana like, severance and cast sol- cast reset and solidarity your opponent out of the game. Um. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think so. Untap all non-land permanents you control. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, there's shenanigans to be had with this, but it's, then it's like a two-mana do-nothing enchantment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been playing Elves, and I play Maverick. Like, you know, that's the kind of... It's cool to, like, double knight people with Scrib Ranger or whatever. Um, I could see this doing some, being in some sort of weird creature combo deck, uh, but I, don't, I can't say for sure that it would. It's just the price is right, the effect is powerful, and it's unique. Like I looked for like anything else like this. Yeah. Uh, and that's usually all the other all the other one of these besides the two we talked about were like the blue ones like draw a card if their person's attacked. The yeah. black one gives you a zombie. The white one the white one you gain two life. Like, come on. <laughs> and it's not and the, the the two we talked about are the cheapest ones. The other ones are all two in a colored mana. Yeah. Like Um the the Curse of Bounty has synergy with Truni Nemesis. Right, like there's also just like I can attack for value and then my guy untaps. Yeah. <laughs> Untap all non-land permanents, like, you know, any sort of... Like I said, like you could, if you have this in Time Vault in Vintage, just like attack with anything, yeah. like it untaps your Time Vault. So like you you can have like a 1-1 one, one as a win condition unless they have removal, that's the game. <laughs> but... uh um, you know, yeah, another time I mean, that works. Yeah, yeah that's you could use you could it with your is it chemistry? Could use it is it? Yes. Oh wait, you can right. <laughs> so you attack, untap, and use its ability to you untap exile its sorcery. Yeah. Well, you don't have to attack with the creature to untap it. So like, I'm just thinking like this shows up in the middle of your glimpse turn, and you just stop, attack with a nettle sentinel, untap everything. And then, you know, just keep going with more Heritage Druid shenanigans. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a way to, like, get damage in. And even with Elves in general, just, like, being able to get damage in, then untap and do something is pretty good. Yeah, um, for sure. So, but again, it's like you're stopping at some point to put this two-mana enchantment down. So, if it was on a creature, that would be interesting, but it wasn't. Um, God, there's, like, nothing interesting in this set. We're already into gold cards. Um. Oh, geez, I even skipped over the best card. Should we do the only card that's probably good last, or should we do it first, like let's, right now? Let's go last. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna skip to our Mayor Seal, the Pretender. So anyone listening to this podcast has heard of Mayor Seal because he was in the dark. Uh, he finally gets a card. One blue, black, red, legendary creature, human wizard, four four. When he enters the battlefield, you may exile an artifact or creature card from your hand or graveyard and put a cage counter on it. Mercil the Pretender has all activated abilities of all cards you own in exile with cage counters on them. You may activate each of these abilities only once each turn. So this thing comes into play. You pick something in your hand with an activated ability. And then you exile it, you put the counter on it, and then he gets that ability. And this card is, like, 
part of a flavor text from a card from the dark, right? Like Curse Cage or something? Barl's, Barl's Cage. Barl's so Mirceal had uh, Lord If in Barl's Cage, and he used it to like drain his life essence. And that's what the flavor of this is. You're putting something in a cage, and then you're draining its life essence and getting its activated abilities. Um, he's also on Felwar Stone, ah. which is also similar. Like you're gaining, you know, uh, energy from or like power from something else, right? Yeah. And I don't know exactly what else, but um, this isn't doing anything. But hey, flavor win. Yeah. I mean, like, the problem with this is like, what's the best thing you could do with it? Probably just Grizzlebrand, and then you could just show and tell or reanimate Grizzlebrand from your hand or graveyard. Yeah, for so for three mana instead. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but he's he's there, and he's it's cool art. Looks like a badass. But uh, he's got good. the he's got that like uh, Captain Morgan stance going on. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, he's in a Captain Morgan commercial. Yeah, they should flash him in the next Captain Morgan commercial. Mathos Fiend Seeker, red, white, and black. Legendary creature vampire, 3 3, menace. At the beginning of your end step, put a bounty counter on target creature and opponent controls. For as long as that creature has a bounty hunter on a counter on it, it has. When this creature dies, each opponent draws a card and gains two life. Um, well, the Insane Clown Posse has finally got a, uh, a a good enough creature to play in Legacy. Unfortunately, no one plays these colors together. No, and you know what really irritates me? If you switch the text on this and the text on Leovold, I'm pretty sure it would make just as much sense, except that, you know, Leovold would be the shitty card, and this card would be the interesting and awesome card. And people and would try color these colors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? But unfortunately, not the case. Uh, now I'm just mad. Uh, so let's go on. Miri Weatherlight Duelist. <laughs> One green, white. Three, two. Legendary creature, Cat Warriors. This is Miri's third card? It is Miri's third card. The Cursed, uh, the Forest Walker guy, and this. Girl. And this. Right? There's yeah. not a fourth card, is there? Nope. Um, whenever Miri Weatherlight Duelist attacks, each opponent can't block with more than one creature this combat. As long as Miri Weatherlight Duelist is tapped, no more than one creature can attack you each combat. Um, but, like, is there ever like, any sort of situation where you're playing this deck against a creature deck and it matters that they can't attack or block with more than one creature? Yeah, it's like a deck that, like, you care about this effect... Probably has guys that are just bigger than Miri and can kill her. <laughs> right? Right, because, well, she's at first strike. Okay, like, you're playing her against, uh, what's it called, um, Death and Taxes, which is a weenie deck that would actually care about the other end of this clause, and it's, they're yeah. just like, I guess I'll block your first strike creature with my first strike creature, Thalia, and then I'll play another Thalia. Yeah. Right, and, like, even, that's what I'm saying, like, you know one green white oh it's a maverick card like if if maverick has trouble with go wide that's true but like if your thing that you're gonna do is like zenith for this thing and then wait and then attack wait with it turn. like you're Ugh. so you're just fucking dead you're yeah. so fucking dead <laughs> like it's so miserable i would rather just like get a knight 
and then like get a tabernacle with the knight, <laughs> like, yeah. which you know I'm not, not going to ever do because tabernacle is more than my mortgage. But yeah, um, okay. So Tygom has two cards. This is a character from uh, the cons, right? Yes. Tygom Ojutai Master is two white and a blue. Legendary creature, human monk. Instant sorcery and dragon spells you control can't be countered by spells or abilities. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, if Tygam attacked this turn, that spell gains rebound, which means that you cast it again at the beginning of your next upkeep. Cool. Um, cool. Any deck that wants this? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think anybody wants to p play a four mana, like literal four mana, do nothing until uh, the next turn. There's no you dragon spells that like people are like looking to resolve in this format. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Like not even f and four with a dragon isn't a dragon spell. So yeah. Um. So like, what's the best case scenario? Like, you attack. He's attacked. So you get then you. Fire Blast? <laughs> I don't know. That's not even in white or blue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Psionic Blast. Psionic then, Blast. <laughs> then, so they they take seven, and then assuming you live, you cast Mind Bomb. Yeah, you can Mind Bomb them after combat, but they just block this with a German Gangler, so you got to do something in response. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Gaining rebound is not. I think there's like. Well, doesn't that Narset Planeswalker give shit rebound? Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Good as it sounds. Card's it sounds the great, worst card ever. But like, yeah, it's not that good. Uh, the other Tygom is Tygom Sadisi's hand. He is three blue and black for a legendary creature, Human Wizard. He is still a three four in this alternate timeline, where he is now blue and black instead of blue and uh, blue and white. Skip your draw step. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them in your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Blue, tap, exile X cards from your graveyard. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. Um, this card would be good if it wasn't five mana. Yeah. Right? Um, I think, I mean, the the thing about this card is, like, you don't draw these cards, which is cool. Because there's a lot of draw hate wandering around. Yeah. It just goes into your hand. Um, the selection's rad. But, like, man, five mana is just too much to, to be casting in, in a legacy deck. I wish it was less because I think it would be interesting. Like, you sort of have this. It's sort of like a Planeswalker, yeah. right? You know, where you're getting, like, a lot of you're getting a lot of value from, like, the card selection. And then you just kill something. And then, you know, you just attack something else. This thing's keeping the board clear. While giving you excellent card selection. Yeah. Um, and then can eventually win the game by just attacking. I don't know. Cool card, too expensive, too bad. That was one of the only, like, a lot of stuff in this set is too expensive, but this one I thought was worth talking about because I thought it was a cool effect. Bloodforged Battle Axe, one mana. Artifact Equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero. Whatever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a token that's a copy of Bloodforged Battle Axe. Equip two. Zach. <laughs> yeah. Bitter I Blossom. I can't, I can't Bitter Blossom, blossom. Just, go, blossom. just go in, right? Like, And then you hit with two of these things and you get two copies? Oh, God. 
And then you hit with four, four and you have eight. To, to, you know, equip it. And then in the next next turn, you just need eight mana to equip it. And if your opponent's not dead by then, you know, 16 mana is not too much to ask. What could you do with, like, eight artifacts? Is there anything cool you could do? Like, Shattering Spree? <laughs> you don't want to Shattering Spree your own stuff? No, what do you no, do? No, what's the other like, one? The one that, like, you sacrifice an artifact to, like, trap five blast, damage? Trap blast, trap blast, blast right? Yeah, yeah. This is cool. This is... This would be fun to noodle around with, with like um, Bitter Blossom or Lingering Souls, right? Like this yeah. would be fun. All of a sudden, you've got all these equipments. <laughs> you need to uh, get like a lot of these so that you can put them in a different sleeve and be like, "This is my copy. This is my token. <laughs> this is my token of this card." I, I wonder if they actually. I'm sure they did give you tokens of this card in the in the set. No, what you do is you like get go to a Xerox machine and create progressively worse Xeroxes, <laughs> right? Because every time you do it, it's like down a generation. Yep. Yeah. Um, I no, don't know. That's... I'm pretty positive that like because commander sets are pretty good with tokens and stuff like that, you'll get tokens of this thing. Yeah, that would be kind of that would be kind of rad. It'd be worth playing just for that reason. Um, what? There was something else I wanted to talk about for Affinity in Legacy, and I can't remember what it was this though i thought was interesting affinity card like you put on an ornithopter and then you get more artifacts and then eventually like you have cranial plating like it's a one mana artifact (laughs) you know it's not like Mm -hmm. what was the other art um other uh i don't remember maybe it was this that i was thinking of because you just got more artifacts oh no it was the curse of opulence so, like, my theory with the Curse of Opulence was that you would make all these gold, which are artifact tokens, um, and it just pumps up your cranial plating. Yeah. And they can sac- and it sacrifices to, like, equip cranial plating for the black-black cost at instant speed. So, yeah, I forgot to mention that we were talking about that card. So, Legacy Affinity gets two buffs <laughs> with this set. <laughs> um None of which are... I mean, you sacrifice this to an Arcbound Ravager. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's stuff you can do with this. Um, because we need to play against Affinity and Legacy. Like, that's that's what Legacy is missing. <laughs> More fun Affinity games where you're like, oh, shit, I fucking hate cranial plating. Um, okay, there was some more equipment. Heirloom Blade. Heirloom Blade. Sorry, I lost my connection here. Okay. This is a three-mana equipment. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus one. Whenever equipped creature dies, you may reveal a card to the top of your library until you reveal a creature card that shares a creature type with it. Put that card into your hand and the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. So this just basically buffs... Oh, it's it's also only one to equip. This just buffs your guy and then the guy replaces itself. Yeah. I think... So there's possibly room for this card... In Merfolk. Yeah, because you're just getting in for more. Yeah, you just if like somehow, if you could equip that. this to your Merfolk and your opponent wants to remove it, you just get another Merfolk out with this. Um, you know, possibly. And if you have either Violet, just drop it into play. Yeah. Um, it goes cool card. Hand, yeah. I, 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 I'm not. There's another. Here's another uh, Merfolk card. But uh, next. But uh, yeah, that's a good. That's definitely true. I think I. I could see that. I do thing. like the the very first comment on this on on uh, Mythic Spoiler was this card will be passed down through generations of Shadowborn Apostle. Yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't Shadowborn Apostle just a human? Like, yeah, he's gonna get another human. Um, 
Yeah, I'm sure there's better value equipment. Like, Equip 1 is pretty nice. Like, like a sword, a sword of Fire Dice is probably just better yeah. for 3, but then you don't have to pay 2. I don't know. You can move it around. Uh, Herald's Horn. 3-mana uh, artifact. As Herald's Horn enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creature spells you cast with a chosen type cost 1 less to cast. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If it is a creature card of the chosen type, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. Um, this isn't great for Merfolk, but it is a draw engine for Merfolk. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not mad about this card. If you want to cast something for three mana in a Merfolk deck, I feel like Trinity Nemesis is just a better card all around, though. What's in Merfolk? Like Curse Catcher? Yeah, you got Curse Catcher, words. you got, uh, you know, Silvergill Adept. Silvergill Adept. Your eight lords... Some number of uh, phantasmal images, uh, true name nemesis. What's you know. left? Ether vial. Yeah, I feel Force like bill. you're just you're happy to have this card in play, but like you're not casting this card. You're not yeah. using it to like further your board, especially because like most of your cards cost like colored mana to put into play. Like, Humans is interesting, but Humans already has Dark Confidant, right? Yeah. Like, this is an okay Goblins card. Like, Goblins, like, Warchief and all that stuff, it's like, I mean, Warchief, I think, is one red-red. Yeah. Um, but, like, Ringleader's three in a red. Like, bring it down to two in a red. Yeah. Um, Pile Driver for one red. Uh, what's that thing that just destroyed me that one time? Um, makes all the guys, and they throw the guys out. Siege Gang Commander. Yep, 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 <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. Like, this is a good goblin draw engine, but probably not better than just goblin matron for goblin ringleader. Um, uh, any other tribal decks that use non-colored mana? Mm. Like, zombies definitely not. not. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> like, generally zombies, They're always, like, five black mana for, like, a 2-1. Yeah. Like, come on. Give me something. All right. So we went through all the, like, all the, all the, uh, regular cards and then there's one card that came it was one of the last things spoiled that is getting a little bit of run so we'll go back up to gold here and do Kess mm -hmm. dissident mage one blue black red for a legendary creature human wizard it's a three four i feel like i said that a lot today yeah um it's a three four it's a three four with flying for four mana one blue black red Flying. During each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. If a card cast this way would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So, I like this card. I think that um, it it's it's a possible one or two of in like a Grixis mid range or control style deck that I think could could see play in in Legacy. Um, I don't think the deck exists right now. But, um, this, you know, stuff like this get, gives the deck, like, that legs. Like, it gives you a top end that's also, like, really great. But you have to be more of a tap-out control deck because you don't want to, like, cast, get be allowed to cast days, you know. During your turn, yeah. Well, let's let's think about this. Like, so a deck that wants this is a sort of mid-rangey deck. So this is not like Grixis Delver card, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's, you know, days isn't in this deck. Like Thoughtseize is in this deck, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Thoughtseize, right? uh, probably like some some sort of like damage, like burn spell. I mean, maybe you play Electrolyze. Who knows? Um, 
Well, Colagon's command. Colagon's is... command, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, what's this flashing back? Well, okay. So you, you also like you got to cast this. You got to get this thing into play. Yeah. You have Deathrite Shaman. What's this fighting you have with? Shaman deck. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like it, I'm not so worried about the mana. Like, but like, okay, this has to live to the next turn, but it dodges Bolt and Abrupt Decay. Yep. So they have to have like Swords or Dismember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the four know, butt like, and flying on this on this card make it make it playable because even if this trades for a Bolt and a Delver, I think that's fine. Yeah. Plus, if you get to cast a card, you know, before you have to expose it to combat. Um, I don't know. I think it's. I, I definitely think it's interesting. I think it's like fighting with Jace, and but the question is like, if a lot of these Grixis decks or these decks like you know in that style are actually cutting Jace, and just playing like what we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is these more efficient, is just load up on these efficient win conditions, right? Yeah. Like, this is a four mana. Then you do something the next turn, unless you have like a Taxian probe. Which is great. I mean, you get to that's that's nice value. Like you cast this, then get your probe and draw a card, right? Yep. Um. I I sort of look at it like Karanos. Like Karanos is one of those like hard to kill control finishers. Yeah. But I like Karanos a lot. Like, it's just a bummer you can't really fit him into like the decks that want that would want to play him. Yeah. Like so, I I. Always had this like intuition for reanimate Snapcaster Mage Karanos as a package. Yeah, and I would guess this is probably better as a card because it's easier to cast if they just when they just put it in your hand. Yeah, when they don't screw up <laughs> and they don't put it in your hand. Um, and then you know you can cast the reanimate on the Snapcaster Mage using this and then Snapcaster something else, which is just super super good. Yeah. Um. But I don't, I don't know. Like, is I, I just wonder, like, how often are these decks even playing their four drop to win, right? Like, you just cave their face in with a Gurmag Angler, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's it's you grind you grind them down to a nub, and then you just go to town with True Name, right? Like, yeah. It's too bad. Like, this is you know not to editorialize, editorialize too much. This is sort of what I was talking about, like the efficiency level of these decks is so high that cool new cards are just like immediately like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, this is stifle bird all over again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. If this was, if this was rug, like I would think about building a rug, like mid range control deck. Good point. Yes. Give us something in a different color combination, <laughs> you know, that needs a little love. This is like that vampire. Like, <laughs> Um, you know, it could have been a different color combination and maybe it would have seen a lot of play. It would have flipped a matchup, you know? Um, Cavadon Wizard, is that a thing? Like, maybe you just play as a wizard deck, but... It used to be, back when, you know, uh, you played, uh, Venser and Snapcaster in, what's it called? Miracles. Vendillion Click, Yeah. Oh, I was thinking, like, Patron Wizard. <laughs> like, some sort of deck with Patron Wizard. But, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a cool card. The art's pretty cool. Uh, which I don't know. Which I've been saying a lot about these. Like, the art isn't, you know, too bad. But I want it to be good, but I kind of just don't want to get my hopes up. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's Pyroblasted. 
Like, so does Jace, but this also gets Swords of Plowshare, so is that, like, you know. And it gets a... blue blasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, gets, it gets hit by both blasts. Oh, and it gets killed by Liliana's defeat. Yeah. It's a black creature. Um, what else kills this at random? <laughs> no, I know. So, Commander 2017, not the best Commander set. Is that what we're going with here? It even gets combusted. Oh my god, it does get combusted. Well, yeah, and you know, it gets... Or rending uh, volleyed. Rending volleyed, yeah. yeah. Oh well. Um, well. Unfortunately, this particular uh, commander set was not stupendous. Yeah. I mean, what did you expect for, like, the most, quote-unquote, flavorful... Like, these are Johnny cards, man. Like, look, dragons, vampires... Cats, like, do we and have wizards? any real hope for human wizards? This is... For like wizards, let's be honest. Well, this is like a minor league baseball. Like, this is like a minor league baseball league. Like, it's the cats versus the dragons versus the wizards. Yeah. Versus the vampires. Like, you know, this is like Biloxi versus you know Little Rock the in bl- baseball. The Blue Rock <laughs> Mooses versus the Thunderbats. Too bad, but what can you do? Yeah. Well, Dragons was just like, well, you knew that wasn't going to give anything. Everything that was going to be seven mana. And like, <laughs> yeah. You might have a target in, in Dragons for like a, a um, like show and tell target, maybe. Yeah. I don't right. see anything. No. Uh, you could have had like a, yeah. And with cats, like, I, I, ironically, all the cats ended up being huge. I was like, oh, there's going to be some like hate bears, you know? Well, we have. Alms collector, but it's not really a hate bear. It's like a hate, um, <laughs> a hate hill resto giant. angel. <laughs> it's a hate hill giant, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh god, you know, you know, I didn't even think about that. We reviewed a three and a white flash three four, and didn't even compare it to Restoration Angel. I mean, you probably, wouldn't you just which... rather have Restoration Angel in your in your Death and Taxes deck? Like, come on, you probably would. It flies. You trigger. You save something. You like, kill a Delver with it if you need yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what can you do? On to the next thing, which is Dominaria next year, I think. So it's we're we're a while before the next set comes out. Yeah. There'll be reprints in Iconic Masters, right? That's the next thing. Yeah, Iconic but, Masters is the next thing. I I will be at uh, Hascon, so I'm pretty excited about about uh, get, going out for that. Right. If you're at Hascon, uh, say hi to Zach. Find me. I'll be yelling into a video camera. I'm sure. Yeah, right. Well, that yeah. being said, any administrative stuff? We're uh, going to I played game day and came in came in fourth place. I don't know how many extra of that is, but standard doesn't totally stink. So, keep that in mind, legacy players. <laughs> <laughs> um you're going to be at Gen Con next week. I will be at Gen Con next week uh at the Kingdom Death booth. So, you know, that's Probably be more chance of people who this cast be able to come say hi to you there. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, buy some buy some old cards. Yeah, I'm thinking about you know I'm I'm bringing a little bit with me. I, I don't know. I think that's going to be a board game thing for me. I'm going to really try and uh, bring home some cool board games. Um, so you're going to be at Gen Con next week, so we probably won't get a chance to record until the week after. So True. we're gonna, but the week after, so. Uh, the 28th of August, there's another bad list update, right? Yes. And we want to talk a little bit about 
you know, since that's going to be probably the next thing we record about, will be like the philosophy of the ban list. So we'd love to hear from you guys what you think about ban list philosophy, like what you think the goals of it should be. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more because that was a good discussion last time we had it. For sure. I mean, you know, in, in to give you an idea of what we're talking about, like in modern, there are three like sort of rules and why things get banned. And uh, they're like no boogeyman of a past format, uh, turn three, kill, and I forget the other thing is something like, it, basically it boils down to if this has been dominating on the last Pro Tour, we're going to get rid of it. Yeah, and like I think another point to be made is that this has been a big topic for vintage players recently about mm-hmm. the restricted list. Because the more cards get restricted, the more you just end up with vintage just being thirty thousand dollar EDH. Yeah. So like they're they're having a similar discussion. Like, what should be the goal of the restricted list? Um, and do they have does it have to be rethought from a philosophical perspective? For legacy, it's the same deal. We've got twenty five. You know, there's always just more cards, right? Yep. It's only ever getting this list is only ever getting longer. Um, and uh, I think that there's strong opinion is you hit this sort of like opinionate opinionated area right because some people think well this is banned so this should be banned or this is not banned so this should be unbanned right and you know yeah i think but i think it'll be a good discussion so we'll you know we'd love to hear what people have to say about that i saw a couple comments this week on on uh on the internet that i will cite the person who mentioned them which i thought were interesting so great Great. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Um, have a good night. Have a good one. Later on. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys?